Woodstock, day two. I'm, I'm glad to see this guy over here brought his date for the pay-per-view. A lot of sex going on with Plastic Woman over here. Hey, a local guy, a local guy who has made good, a native of Frankfurt, New York. He's from the Emmy Award TV show, Frazier. Say hello to Paul Cusimano. Paul Cusimano, made good, Frazier. Hey, fucking guys on a rock, man. Oh, come on, you're making me proud, man. All right, you want to rock? All right. Get ready, give it up, man. In Detroit. Rocking as motherfuckers in business today. The devil without a cause. TC and Jake. That's right, folks, I'm back. I'm a survivor. They couldn't hold me down. <laughs> so happy you finally got covid did i i couldn't feel a thing i i felt great you had the most asinine uh and i did this one so i know exactly how, where you're coming from but you're lying to yourself i was already pretty sick already i mean it's probably like i already oh, had pretty sick i was I... already dealing with every single one of the symptoms of covid already <laughs> no, so probably that's not true. probably pretty much just you know i was you know i'm asymptomatic Though but, but I, you have symptoms? Yeah, they already had them. They're from something else. I yeah, had, I Izzy already had it. I had a cough. <laughs> Izzy had bronchitis for weeks. Megan got bronchitis. My mom got bronchitis. On the same timeline, my voice started to get scratchy, and I had a throat thing and like a little bit of sniffles. Never any fever, never any weakness. Like Throughout that time, if you'd asked me if I was sick, I would have been like, eh, yeah, but that is interesting because like you kind of have a different bar for sick because you've kind of been like hacking shit up for like eight years now. That's not close to true. Well, there was like a four-year period where you were. There's not a four-year period. There was like one. There was two years in a row where like during the spring, two years that at this point were like fucking six years ago. Was it that long ago? It was a long time. I mean, I'm not for one, about I was the, working at the station. I'm talking about the podcast ones, not the on-air ones. I, I feel like that's all the same time. I think in the last couple years, I laughed the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. And I think we were doing the show remotely. And you could not. And I remember because we were on video now. And I could not talk while you were working through something. I it just, I don't know, dude. I, I think that, that you, uh, your reporting is skewed. <laughs> There's no doubt. And, <laughs> and in the general, you know, I listen... I never viewed COVID as a personal competition, but whenever you did drunkenly turn to me one time and go, I hope you get it first, motherfucker, at that <laughs> point, there was a little bit of a game on, and yeah. I'm still kicking ass at that game. You are. Two now, infections to one, and as far as symptoms, don't even get me started. Well, I didn't have any the second time, because you missed the real shit. Yeah. Uh, That's my point. But... God willing, we'll have another one that wrecks you, <laughs> and I'll miss that one. If I get monkeypox, you'll you'll be back back to a tie. That's true. Yeah, I, that should be weighted a little bit heavier. I always find that funny, like with Jorts, that like he's like such a cool early adopter trend trend guy. Absolutely, that he got COVID before anyone had a name for it. Everything he does, everyone else does. Six months later, that's right. He's at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he literally got it before they knew what it was called. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, uh, I, I had the weekend. Well, first of all, <laughs> so I found myself in a little bit of a Curb Your Enthusiasm situation. Uh, I think it was Thursday, possibly Friday, where uh, I was trying to figure out what to eat. Really, I, so the wife tested negative and the daughter didn't show any symptoms and her uh, doctor refused to test unless she showed symptoms. So they just left. They, they went to my parents' house and uh, hung out there for the weekend. And I, I was just here. And uh, it, it, it all happened quickly. There wasn't a lot of thinking. So there just wasn't much to eat. And I'm like, well, what do I do? And I'm looking at like the DoorDash prices for a place that's down the block. I'm like. You went in, didn't you? I, not to sit down. I wore a mask. 
I would not be admitting this. A, a quick pop in. But I appreciate Dude, no that you getting, are. No one is getting fucking I appreciate like, that you are. leveled off of two seconds of like, yes, TC, and then get out of there. Like the CDC has always said, you need like 15 minutes of exposure. And mask the whole time. They've been right about everything. Because what could go wrong in my head? That's what I said as I walked out the door and shut it. And as I was walking there, there was a guy who like very conspicuously turned around. But in my head, I like I saw it and I had the thought of like, he knows. oh, he's he's facing the street because I, I love like seeing the, the traffic go by, you know, seeing the people go by, mm-hmm. just watching the world. Yep. I'm like a fellow world watcher. Nice. You're craning your neck. At a- uh, and I just keep on walking, thinking nothing of it. Pick up my food very quickly. Uh <laughs> And start heading back to home. And he stops me. He's a listener. He's like, hey, man, I love your podcast. And I was like, I just. Oh, no. In my head, I'm just like terrified of of any sort of interruption in this quick. Because I'm feeling the pressure that you're uh, surprised I didn't succumb to. Of like trying to make all this. I don't. I want to spend the least amount of time outside possible. So I just short circuit. Like he says, you know, the very nice. I'm just. I've got COVID. No, you didn't. I mean, I, it was a little nicer than that, but, but like, uh, I, I just, I felt bad about what I did. It was, it was a high pressure situation. I rarely respond well in high pressure social situations. If you are that person, please contact me. <laughs> I need your first person account of your perspective on this story. <laughs> so, did you go in like every restaurant on Lois? Like, did you? I mean, did <clears> you no, just, he was sitting outside. Yeah, but you had to eat again. Oh, uh, and again, no, I did DoorDash, uh, the next day. How many restaurants did you infect? Uh, three. No, I think I went back to another one. I don't remember. It's a fog, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. I totally get that. I ordered Little Caesars delivery that I'm, st- and then I stretched that to two meals. Is that third party shit? Like they don't even, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a tough break. They'll, they'll DoorDash it to you. That's a tough break. It sounds pretty sweet, though. That is far from the experience I got. My kids, wife and kid were there, and then I was just in a room about half the size of this one. Mm, mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, for four days. Yeah, this no, George cool. got it, too, so we just swam. We just had a, had a little swim day. Everything that happens to you is better than anything that happens to me ever. <laughs> That's broadly, obviously, not true, but uh, I'm grateful for the times that I come out on top. Yeah um speaking of doordash and fast food and shit like and uh, i realize like when you're as ahead of the curve and the times as i am on a lot of fronts Mm -hmm. things seem very obvious to you and then even people that are close to you that you respect who are in the same you know field as you you realize like holy shit he might not know this either Mm -hmm. am i gonna have to tell all of you how you're supposed to order a mexican pizza from taco bell what does that mean don't order the sauce on it Okay. Get the sauce packets, put the sauce mm-hmm. on top. The longer that sauce is on there and the longer that it's underneath shit, it starts to like soften the top tostada. Hey, you want to hear something I see that you're all not going to like? What's that? I love soft food. Oh, fucking gross. That's what's so great about the soft Mexican pizza. Soft room temperature food. No, what's great about it is when that, soft, when that sauce is really soaked in there. Oh, that's disgusting. Mm. The best part about it is that it's a nice soft and crunch you know, marry for many people. Okay. Well then I'm speaking to the normies out yeah. there, not <laughs> the guy who wants all of his food to just be different flavors of war rations. So, so if, <laughs> if, if you're based, stop listening. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I see people posting pictures and they're like, Oh, that doesn't look like the, the photo. Well, yeah, because you're letting that sauce seep into the top tostada. And then the other thing, that is you, a good tip. The other thing you can do here too, is you can control See, here's another thing people don't know. The sauce that Here's they, something people don't know. Get in your fucking car. They'll serve it to you out a window. What do you mean? Like the folks that are like getting it on... I assume that you're mainly talking to... Like if you're just getting it from the drive-thru... Then Even then, risky. <laughs> risky then. Well, let's say that you're not like me. And this is where I am uh, based. You probably drive that shit home. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's five minutes. That's they don't too have much, a pop on. That's too much time. That's too much time. It's too much time to have that sauce seeping into the top tostada. So here's another thing. The sauce that they put on that, that is not like a sauce you can get. 
because they know no one wants to add that shit to anything. Mm-hmm. They got like five or six varying levels of heat for their sauce. Mm-hmm. You probably have one you like. I'm a Diablo man myself. That's what I want on it. So I order it with no sauce on it, and then I put the Diablo, put the Diablo. sauce, and I don't even put it all on the whole thing at once. Do you sprinkle some cheese after that? Isn't it sauce then cheese? Uh, the sauce is on top of the cheese in my in my configuration. So you're getting it with cheese. Yeah. And, but the, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And so what I do is yeah. I cut it into fours, and I only sauce one piece at once. Is this how you've always done it? Always. Okay. I don't like typically, uh, like I don't order ketchup on burgers, but I order ketchup with the burger because of McConaughey. Uh, I I mean I don't know why that that's a whole other weird deal because he's talking about like deli sandwiches. He is. Yeah. Which is really strange, but people put sandwich ketchup on those sometimes. On like a turkey sandwich. I mean, I never have, but I'm not. Like, yeah, I don't you know, hate I it. said that because I felt it was true, but <laughs> it seems really. Weird. I am imagining ketchup and turkey now, and, like, and like white bread. <laughs> seems I just, weird. I feel like whenever it's time to serve cold cuts, that I will see a ketchup bottle yeah. on the table. But you know what? People don't blink at is like, uh, you know, white bread dipped in like barbecue sauce at a barbecue place. Mm-hmm. And by people, I mean me. I mm-hmm. guess. As I said, yeah. I don't. Right as I said that, I thought, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone else do that, as I'm sopping every piece of sauce up. Mm, sounds good. I like condiments, but I like to add them after because I don't like a, I don't sog up like you. That's really weird, man. Love it, soggy. I guess. I guess that's so. But anyways, try that. It's an innovation. I got my first two last week, and I was I was thoroughly, thoroughly pleased. Yeah, I've been on a little bit of a Little Caesars run. I'd go back today. I've eaten really healthy for the most part for about 10 days now, but I had to break down and went hammers, mm-hmm. construction-style hammers at Taco Bell last week. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like you were left with a choice. That's right. Imagine if they took away heroin for a while and then people who did who loved heroin, I mean, you know, whatever came back, you'd have to do that heroin. Well, they'd all be dead. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it would all be... I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard, but it's not impossible to navigate that that first hit after. Uh, but yeah, with with the uh, with the with the family gone, I tried to use the time productively. All all dishes in the house are clean. There's a couple uh, long term problem areas that we're able to, you know, small stuff, but like the, the stuff had been sticky there. You know how stuff, not like literally sticky, but like just things accumulate in areas throughout. the Are house. you still talking? Oh, not we've moved on from dishes. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Just throughout the house, so so I I done Little a lot piles. of done a lot of cleaning in the house. Yeah, broke down a lot of piles, a lot of stuff like that. So whenever uh, Megan and Izzy got home yesterday, uh, you know, I was like, "Hey, I uh, I did some cleaning," and Izzy looks at me and goes, "It's still messy." And oh, as yeah. she's saying that, it's because she's like standing next to a thing that's still on the floor. But I look at her, I'm like, "That's your stuff. Who, who put that there?" It's and she was just like. Me? Yeah. It's your job to clean it up, <laughs> Dad. You know what? Get off me. I don't need this. Yeah. My three-year-old. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. My my kid asked why my hair is gray. <laughs> good option. The other day. Good question. It's like, because of you. <laughs> Actually, it's because of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. That's right. explained the entire 2008 housing crisis to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd that go? I think she got it. I think she got it. I uh, I have written down on my topic list something. Oh, I like being to able another. to see yours. Yeah, don't look at them. Well, fucking put it up there then, so I can see them. <laughs> okay. How would I be able to see? It's a big TV in front a of phone both or of some us. shit. My phone's recording the That's a, yeah, thing. Boy, you boxed me in. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, there's a reason I do all this stuff. And, I'll look down. And don't don't look at it. I already saw a little sneak peek, though. <laughs> well, you're talking about major events of the 2000s, uh, you know, the financial crisis. Uh, I have a financial angle to another one of the major events. Perhaps you've heard of it, 9-11. Do you know about the 9-11 options trading stuff? Uh, vaguely. You remember that? Yeah, like... Uh... Well, I mean, I know like this is like kind of the premise of billions. Is it? Kind of, yeah, I guess kind of. Because he was trading on like pensions. Yeah. And he but, like made a ton of money 
Like a little bit. He he profited off of 9/11, but I think he profited off of it like kind of after the fact, right? I don't know. They I I don't remember. That's been a long time since I watched uh this first season, the only season I've seen of that show. But like uh well, explain it to me. So, you know, you got your options that are that are more or less saying, you know, it's a way of, you know, what what the stock's going to do in the future, right? Yeah. You're making a bet about what it's going to do in the future. And uh, on with both uh, United and American, the trading volume of people saying that it was going to do poorly was something like 200 times more. Both before 9-11? Immediately before 9-11. And like the, the Friday, or I guess might have been the Friday, might have been the Monday, because it was a Tuesday that it happened. Because mm-hmm. it was the day after Ed McCaffrey broke his leg on Monday Night Football. Yes, it was. Uh, and so... Uh, One of those, like, there was a lot of trading in general, but either the Friday or the Monday, there was, even given that there was a lot of trading, a giant spike. And when, so just, you know, large institutional investors were essentially, they were making bets that something bad would happen with United American Airlines. And then, you know, United and American Airlines flights were hijacked and flown into major buildings throughout the U.S. Well, that qualifies. <laughs> it uh, it it just murdered their stock, but um, and they <laughs> had a full investigation. I can't even think about this without thinking about the Norm Macdonald joke. <laughs> oh, the nine eleven airlines. Yeah, <laughs> I would change that. It reminds me <laughs> of that tragedy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And so uh, they fucking uh, did a full investigation and put our top men on it. They did put our top men on it and came back and were like, looks good to us. And just some some real sharks. And they they had evidence of like a couple things like I there there is a full report. I saw it. I, I went so far as to open it on my computer and then it was like, who am I kidding? I don't know how to read um but so i i know this from the summary that uh there was one one large institutional investor was uh responsible for a ton of the activity and they were selling united to buy american so okay, like so that kind of negates it yeah and uh there was also another ex- instance of like a, a stock trading newsletter was saying to short american and like you know listed reasons that weren't because I've heard from the 9-11 terrorists that they're about to go down. So there, there are explanations, but I wanted to, I bring all this up because I was thinking about it, and the, the discussion prompt in my mind is, is there anything they could say that would make you feel fully satisfied? Or do you think that there are, I, you know, I feel like over the course of the podcast, we have come to allege that there are just topics of, th- like there's parts of, of things that have happened that like you're just... You're not ever going to know. You're not you're not going to know that they did. You're not going to know that they didn't. You're just going to have to live with that ambiguity because there's things that can't be proven and there's actors that are beyond fucking uh you know like uh certainly accountability but even like just being traced. You know, especially back then. Like nowadays there's a lot more going on with computers and you can kind of see what people are doing more. Uh but is there anything that they could tell you? Where if you just know the facts that I've told you that United and American were being shorted at, you know, 200 times the rate that they were otherwise, is there anything that they could tell you where you're like, well, I'm positive there's nothing going on there? Uh, I mean, you quickly go to Alien. Could do Alien, but I, I just mean like, did someone on Wall Street like fucking have, you know, in their search for insider information, did they did that include Osama bin Laden? Uh, OK, well, <clears throat> it's been a long time since I brushed up on my uh, my never forget stuff. But my general seems like you've forgotten. Uh, yeah, right. It's a good call. My general thought is that the whole like inside job thing is 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 not true. I don't think it was an inside job. But I'm I but I hundred percent believe, and I believe Richard Clark has even said as much. He was the counterterrorism guy for the Bush White House. I think he got held over. Maybe maybe he was a holdover from Clinton to Bush. You know, I was like when the media floats those guys. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, who was uh, Gates, mm-hmm. got a lot of fucking mm-hmm. cred by being a Bush and an Obama guy. Yeah. But uh, I 100% believe that more than a handful of people in the government knew that there was going to be a terrorist attack on September 11th, at least a few days before, and probably more like months before. They might not have known the date months before, and then maybe a few days before they knew this is going to be the one. Yeah, I mean, all those guys were on watch lists. Yeah, they're on watch lists. I mean, dude, we have, you know, we have surveillance on cables the world over. Hadn't someone told the FBI about the, I'm not even going to need to learn about landing comment? I believe so. Yeah, that was reported. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I don't know that, like, they greenlit it or anything. No, no, no. But, but I'm inclined to think that they were like, man, something's up. I hope we find out what. Yeah, and I and I, I don't know. That's where you get into, like, why aren't you doing more to stop this? Why don't you just ground planes ahead of time? But then you, you know, that brings about mass hysteria. You know, right? they did once in the 90s in response to a terror threat. They They knew it was going to be a plane over the Pacific, and so all... Pacific flights were just grounded for a while. That sounds vaguely familiar, but it, and it was uh, it was it was the same cell, you know, like it was the same people, not the same, but it was. I think it was one of the um, ninety three World Trade Center guys. Okay, and it all runs through, you know, like it's uh, there's a guy, yeah, that's kind of doing all that. Uh, Buzzy Cronengrad, uh, the who I've mentioned before, because. He's on the Blackwater board or was, like, involved in Blackwater while his brother was overseeing Blackwater for the government and, like, got uh, an investigation killed. And they had the, the like, while he's sitting in, like, a congressional hearing, one of the Congress people's, like, where's your brother right now? Just just tell <laughs> yeah. me, where where is he sitting currently? It was at a fucking Blackwater board meeting because the guy's like, I, I don't think he's involved with them. Oh, Yeah. Right now, where is he? Uh, he's he's all over uh, 9-11 insider trading. A lot, of, a lot of people ask questions about how this quite clearly CIA-connected gentleman. All right, had, where did all this money come from? <laughs> I mean, you know, I just made some good bets. Uh, I'll do right here what I did many, many times in college and simply read you the final paragraph of a 24-page JSTOR article. Hell yeah. The option market volume ratios considered do not provide evidence of unusual market trading in the days leading up to September 11th. The volume ratios, however, are constructed out of long and short put volume and long and short court, uh, long and short call volume. Simply buying puts would have been the most straightforward way for someone to have traded in the option market on foreknowledge of the attacks. A measure of abnormal long put volume was also examined and seen at abnormally high levels in the days leading up to the attacks. Consequently, this paper concludes that there is evidence of unusual option market activity in the days leading up to the September 11th attacks that is consistent with investors trading on advanced knowledge of the attacks. <laughs> Holy shit. See, I think I read the beginning of that paper and I should have read the end. Yeah, you always want to read the first, the intro. It's methods. I don't give a fuck what methods. Yeah. What am I doing? I don't, I don't even need know what that word means. I need your intro. I might read like your cover, like your, uh, what do they call that? Mm-hmm. Back in the day. I don't a cover know. letter? No, nah, not a cover letter, but you used to have to do like a, like a 300, 400 yard uh, a word, like your perspective sum- summary at the beginning of academic articles. Abstract. Abstract. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, true, uh, true ivory tower guy over here. Well, so yeah, you know, it, it certainly seems like people profited off of 9 11. <laughs> Glad we didn't ever come and, to any conclusions there. And not even in like the normal way where they were telling everybody to like buy bonds. Mm-hmm. Remember that? When uh, they told people to buy bonds? Like after 9-11, it was like, you know, hey, this is going to like buy. I know we're on the we're on the dip as a country. But. But <laughs> we will be back. Trust us. We uh, are now back. Yeah. I mean, I think that probably uh, – that probably has happened for every single major world event. We briefly became great again. The only difference in this one is that it was being done to us, mm-hmm. right? Because you seriously, dude, like imagine all of the intervention. That is the lamest euphemism I could find for uh, murder and overthrow and assassination. Think of all of the stuff. If you're starting like the 70s, I don't know, 70s and 80s, 
we were actually engineering those. You don't think there were fucking people here? They're like, hey, dude, we're about to – fortunes were made. Oh, on somebody yeah. calling their friend yeah. and being like, hey, I, I need you to put everything on this because I'm about to take – I would short a couple Guatemalan companies if I were you. Yeah, we're about to take care of this. And then you know, let me wet the beak a little bit. I've uh, I've been listening to uh, the blowback season about Cuba. Have you? Have, I Did you listen to the Iraq one? I thought you did. You did not. No, I, I think you. I think you'd like all of it. I, it's really up your alley. All of it. Have you Have you heard of Blowback? It's yeah, from the, you. Yeah, the former Chapo producer, Brendan James. I'm familiar the, with him. No, Noah Colwin is the uh, the other co host. It's just a good history podcast. Like I would, I would recommend it to anyone. Like I, I don't think that you need to be a virulent leftist to enjoy it. I, I think that it's just good history facts for the most part. Um, but yeah, this stuff on Cuba is fucking. It's amazing uh you know we we did a lot of things um and i was i was listening to that like hearing them describe the cuban revolution which took much longer than whatever i thought that it was like fidel fucked up the landing had like 12 dudes left and they just like made it to a mountain where they could kind of shoot down on people as they were coming up the mountain and just sort of stabilize there for months and just sort of convince the surrounding villagers that it would be better to train with them and be on their side and that their lives would be better if they won and just sort of built that momentum over time hmm. and like a fucking year later have controlled enough territory that that's definitely not the way i think of it <laughs> no i with all revolutions i think of it as like a, someone shows up as like what if me, leader, and like the people just flood into the streets in like a twenty-four hour period? He's the one we've been waiting on. Yeah, uh, rousing speeches. Yeah, but that's that's not how it was. It was it was a months long ordeal uh, where they're you know waging various different operations in different parts of the country, and eventually they come together and you know they've amassed enough victories that they control shit, but. I was just thinking about that. You like, I was just thinking about the nature of revolution, right? Of just like this, this process of, you know, it, it. Those kind of things show how important the consent of the governed is, right? Like, uh, if there are enough people that decide, yeah, this guy's our leader and not the guy who it has been, that's what happened. Like that. That's the fulcrum, right? Is if enough people in the country say, hey, yeah, him, uh, then you know, it's done and it's you. And like that they just, just more or less by like their collective agreement can change, you know, the, uh, the structure of what's going on. And, and like Chuck Klosterman had a thing a couple books ago where he was talking about like the way things are in America. Now you, you can't imagine a change in the system of government, right? Like where would you even start? And so to hear somewhere like this where it has happened and then thinking some more about what he said and, and why that is, I think it's that we aren't in control of our own opinion of the situation enough. Like, I think that these Cubans are on the ground, you know, just working at fucking sugar farms all day, uh, yeah. not watching TV, not fucking reading tweets about, you know, what uh, some pundit says that uh, how things are for sugar farmers. The message they got from Fidel was not mediated in any way. Yeah. And it was just they, from him. And that they were receiving very few messages about how to think about their lives from anywhere. You know, I mean, like they had newspapers and they had radios, but I just don't think that that's omnipresent. And I mean... It's also hard to imagine American regime change in the 50s, uh, but I don't know. I, maybe it wasn't. I mean, I fucking didn't live here then, you know? Um, but when I look around now, I just, I think that there's no way, like, even if things were as relatively bad for the average person here as they were for the Cuban sugar farmers, uh, like, I don't think that we would ever know it, you know? Like, there'd be, there'd be too many things telling you actually it's great and like there are also things telling you it sucks like i i think it's just really hard for us to get an accurate read on our own fucking lives and whether we like it or not yeah and i mean you know <clears throat> we're not gonna there's no point in getting too much into the news of the day but i mean this is a perfect example right like this happened 
you know, an hour, hour and a half before we sat down. I can promise you, no matter how many times this happens, that roughly half the country will go to bed and at no point will they be like, boy, maybe some of the stuff I think has something to do with this. And like people are, it's, it's, we're boxed. You know, it's not even like the normal division thing. It's just like when you, it's almost like that's why the alien invasion thing is a good example. Like when people are like, would we come together? If I was like, you're looking for the most extreme possible examples mm-hmm. to demonstrate that people actually don't have any idea, like their connection to the, the events they see in the news. I mean, in elementary school is like the aliens of real world events. <laughs> like it's something you couldn't even like dream up. And it's yeah. happened like a bunch or more than once. And it's and it's the exact same. So yes, I believe that you are correct. The amount of media, the way that media is consumed or mediated and owned makes it impossible. Yeah. I just it's you know not, yeah. Or we are the, the we degree are. to which your your own thoughts are not your own. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, like we mentioned it briefly last week, but I do think that the fucking porn thing is a great example. Like, uh, I, I don't know, this is probably a weird way to take it, but like, uh, I, I've, I've, uh, been, I've, I'll, I'll, I'll ride for your, uh, your adult literature and, uh, as, as a sometimes consumer of adult literature, I can tell you it's stunning, like the way that, and I mean, just even in the fucking titles of stuff, the way that all these people use the same language, like it's, it's. As if, and I mean, in some cases, it is that there's just like 10 guys in Montreal that are deciding. That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's actually the same case with the news media, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, it, and then everyone else that like flows from there, you know, I mean, like, I, th- I think a lot of the stuff that ends up on like Pornhub is just a guy like putting it up there because whatever, you yeah. know? And uh, he uses those words, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just the shared language of this stuff betrays how little imagination and creativity is going on in these spaces. And I think it's because, like, there's no imagination. It's just other people telling you what your thoughts are. That's also, uh, I think I forgot to bring this up after, you know, the last mass shooting we had. Um, But I think, uh, I think it was, I can't remember if it was Marchman. Somebody used to be a Deadspin that I follow. Who's the guy who posts all the videos? Bubba Prague. Yeah, but what's his name? I think it is Marchman. Yeah. Well, in any case, Timothy Burke. The one who, oh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's like. The one who posted the Matt Lavecchio screen cap. Yeah, exactly. He posted Chuck Todd's like open, like his, I don't know, it's not really a monologue, but like his open mm-hmm. to meet the press the week after that happened. Or How maybe funny it was the day was after. It? Well, the thing is, is he used a term. I don't even recall what it was, but it had never been used on the internet before. Like he didn't say terrorist attack. It was like some fucking word salad that they clearly like whiteboarded all night to try to find the right four words. Mm-hmm. And then Burke like showed the screen screenshot that said, until this tweet, this string of words has never been used on the internet before, mm-hmm. which is kind of the flip side of what you're talking about, but they were only doing it in service of like making sure they didn't say white supremacist terrorist or you know any number of other possibly activating terms it was also like this sounds really dark but like i was honestly impressed and like these people at nbc like somebody at universal or whoever the fuck owns them now was like we got to come up with something we need a new term. Yeah, like, uh, you know, throughout the mayoral campaign, like, I was in the occasional messaging meeting. <laughs> and, like, you just have to imagine that, like, the best person from those kinds of meetings, like, the, the, the cream rises to the top. And just, like, would I even be able to recognize the level of messaging meeting that we're talking about that comes up with the sort of thing that you're saying? Like, you do have to respect the craft. Yeah. Like, it is the world's best. It's the fucking Olympics of coming up with <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and they just keep going. Oh man, I just went to his account. I don't know. I don't even want to. Yeah, I'm sure this whole uh, cast, you know, depending on when you listen to it, may or may not. Like, I, you know, because whenever something like this happens, uh, you know, it's, it seems impolite to speak about anything else for a while. But I, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I, 
been doing a lot of stuff today. I'm sure at some point, probably right when this ends, I'll uh, gain a full understanding of what's going on and start, you know, fucking mulling it over. But I don't know. What, what You know, when I kind of said to you, like, I, you know, I don't think our best thoughts are the ones that we're going to have five minutes after it happened. You were like... Uh, you know, well, my thoughts probably are what they were last week. Like, yeah, absolutely all, right. Yeah. You know, like there's really nothing, uh, you know, I mean, we you, just talked you knew last... this sort of thing has happened before. The fact that it did happen again, uh, all it's going to do is intensify your previously held feelings. Yeah. And which were correct. We just talked last week of like comparing it to, you know, possible changes in, in race relations and in economic disparity, particularly as it pertains to different demographics. And we're like, I can actually see there being some progress there, like over our lifetime. Like the way people are treated might take way longer than it should, but I could actually see that. This one, I just don't see it, folks. Heading in the wrong direction. I just don't I see it. I more wonder how low we will get. Like, yeah. Will they just uh, issue guns to children? Will, will they have to carry them? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, everything's on the table except for things getting better. Yeah, that one. That one. Uh, Take it you off can't the even, table. It's, it's, it, you can't even see the speck that it's represented by yeah. uh, on the graph. Um, so now we have to do like a really odd transition. Yes, we do. Did you see, uh, this whole bit about this chick on OnlyFans whose boyfriend killed herself or himself? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I saw it, it was a bit of an open question. I think it still is. Okay. Uh, but we can go through the range of options here. But yeah. If we don't yeah, have... Lay out the facts. Yeah. So, uh, there's a woman... Her Twitter handle, her account is now private. That's for the best. Yeah, I think so. Although she, not if your only goal is promoting your channel. No, that's going to be tough for her. She's been a, a real catch-22. She here. did seem to be fairly focused on promoting her channel. Yeah, even in the midst of uh, a tragic event in her personal life, as uh, Jelly Beans 21, oh no, it's a Z and a 1, Jelly Beans with a Z and a 1, tweeted, my husband killed himself last week. It feels weird and fucked up to post this on Twitter, but please, if you're struggling with addiction and mental illness, please don't choose this. Please seek help. All the hugs. Mm-hmm. That's good so far. So someone uh, first found this tweet from her one month ago. Someone says, wow, scroll through your Twitter to see when the last time you mentioned him. And, and uh, she tweeted... Cute bartender at my work called my husband wimpy after meeting him at my birthday, and I'm dead. That's tough. You, I mean, it's not worth killing yourself over, but it's going to be tough to come back from. Yeah, I mean, not move, just you move to another town. It. Yeah, that minimum, you know, uh, you might have to like different haircut, probably, just in case. I mean, you just can't be, you know, like. If if your woman's excited for you to be in this sort of humiliated position, <laughs> then like uh, you know, no one has to put up with that. Uh, yeah. Just just find a different situation. There's surely there's a woman out there that wouldn't want to uh, humiliate you. And I mean, if the guy hadn't killed himself, I would leave open the opportunity that maybe he liked this. You know, there are he, like, yeah, lid for every spit pot on her and shit, or spit on him. You know, whatever. Yeah. But you know, then he killed himself. And he, well, or if, if in fact he did. Yeah. If if he ever existed at all, he, yeah. he may have killed himself. So so let's go with the first the scenario where he did. Um, you know, it gets worse from there because in the entire le week leading up to uh her saying, Hey, this is really sad, my husband killed himself, she's just doing nothing but promoting her OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah. Got a couple pictures of my ass online. Yeah, and in fact, uh, her original tweet was on... Now, does she have one of the real channels or one of this fake Alex Bannister bullshit? Is it... You're, you want a rebate? I haven't canceled a subscription yet because yeah. the... the, the but, but what if one day she decides not to? Yeah, no, you need to be on that wall. <laughs> uh. She posted like right before that tweet saying, hey, last week my husband killed himself. And look, maybe there's a chance that, you know, a week, maybe when she says last week, that was only like 12 hours. Mm -hmm. It was a, she has a very firm breaking point on when yeah. 
Uh, so maybe there was more hang time than the uh, the sleuths are finding here. But like within the last week, she's like posting photos of herself in the bathtub, and she's just hitting it hard for the go sub over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought there was one that like wasn't it like somewhat juxtaposed? Like it wasn't a tweet, but it was like on her OnlyFans that there was some kind of like yeah. You know, see, let me read it here. Just trying to recover. Also, thank you all for being here. Ass. It's weird that you're suddenly here. Yes, I will post. Yeah, there it is. Yes, I will That's post new content of. when I can hear and answer messages. If you're looking for BG, go to at Sam Lincoln. What's BG? I don't know. XOXO, love you guys. This is weird as fuck. Someone called me a wilf yesterday. This is all so unreal. Laugh emoji. <sighs> like, who's that guy? Hey, what's up, hot wolf? Yeah. I love nothing more than to fuck I'm so the sorry surviving your husband members died. of relationships. Also, I am so horny. Yeah. And I, you're a widow. I don't know I'd what like to, to do fuck. with both of these things. Yeah. I'll put them together. Uh, just, uh, eh. So one option, okay, let's go. One option is, you know, this is all real, you know, and she's like absolutely a terrible person uh, who is saying, I'm going to profiteer off of the fact that because I allowed my husband to get repeatedly dunked on, he decided to kill himself. <laughs> and in the lead up to that and aftermath of, I decided this is a phenomenal commercial opportunity for me. Another option is that the guy never existed. And it's the, just a good commercial opportunity. Yeah. Just made one. Yeah. yeah I mean, you might even look into her, right? She might be a suspect. Has this been ruled a suicide? Uh, well, I'm just saying, like, if, if you have an OnlyFans and you don't have a husband, uh, you know, just being like my husband died, also buy my ass shots. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, they're always trying to think. Uh, Brad, <laughs> Brad's been a longtime proponent of uh, if you're a stripper, you should get, like, uh, horns, like, get surgery. <laughs> <laughs> to have to have horns on your head because you just need your niche. And let me tell you, what the fuck are you saying? I'm confused. <laughs> like, uh, you just you need your niche. That's the message. Like, well, that, I don't understand if, at all. If you if you were a stripper <laughs> and you were going to pay for some kind of cosmetic surgery, the best one to get would be one to have like horn, like devil horns. Why sticking out of your head? Because then you're there's no other strippers doing that. I thought you meant like it was like a licensing thing where they all had to do it. No, no. I was like, this no. is the weirdest. What sort of like scarlet letter bullshit is this? Like, how would that benefit them like at all? Like every time you go into a strip club, you're just constantly reminded of the de- of safe forty girls with yeah. horns. No, like, that's, no, 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 I, no. I got it's really creeped out for a second. One girl with okay, horns. Yeah, like you get a tail because yeah, yeah. There's there's some guy there that's like, oh yeah. hell yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay. Whereas like if you're the stripper, Let's talk about with big market tits. segmentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I feel that. She also put this video up uh, on her and, OnlyFans. And being the sad, the, being the wilf is... Uh, it's pretty good. It's good, yeah. This is the last video I made before my husband died. It's me masturbating on the couch <laughs> there you in go. yellow dress if you want to see. There you Love go. Love you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, I'm going to rank if he actually did exist and died as worse than the other option, which is that this person never existed. The photo she posted of the guy is just some old photo with a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's not maybe as bad because that one doesn't have a death, but it's still like really bad. Hey, yeah. call your mental health hotline. Both of them. There's is, a better option out there than suicide. Here's my clit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For five dollars, <laughs> just laying on the couch, going awful. at it. Just um, awful. Both. It just you know it's uh it, it to me shows. That she does not process loss in the same way that we do in either case, right? Like, uh, even if this is something we're like in your head, you're like, you know, what normal people do when their husband dies is promote their OnlyFans. So I'll just imagine I have a dead husband and I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that 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 shows a similar like uh just well, and like I feel, you know, I, I I'm not there. I don't have an OnlyFans, first of all, yet. Um, but like, I don't know, whenever it's just, it's mainly whenever I think about like, uh, uh, 
you know, like my when my grandparents, you know, like my grandparents, they're you know they're they're, they're grandparents, and so I, I'll sometimes be like, you know, I mean, at this point, three of the four of them have passed, and whenever it came time, like you know, there was intensity of emotions, like certainly like for the service and stuff like that, but like. I don't know. I I, th- I think I, I can tell that I don't process it in the way that, in the exact same way that other people do, right? Which, like, of course, you know, everyone processes things slightly differently. But there's a level of detachment uh, that that I I feel about some of that stuff. Um, you know, just kind of like you just got to be prepared for this on some level. Like we know that everyone we know is going to die. Uh, if it starts with the people who are eighty, like that's great news. So you kind of got to take all this and like I am sort of able to like just live that intellectually and like that is my primary experience and I I think a lot of other people that's that's not where they land and so I'm just imagining if that was like times a hundred yeah <laughs> then yeah. Uh, could I get to Same like uh, well you know we do need to sell these fucking subs husband wouldn't want me to be poor so here's me on the couch yeah. I mean, I, I, it's weird because I sometimes feel like that too. Like, you know, why am I not more sad about this? Uh, so, yeah, I guess everyone is different. It also just depends. I get more like micro sad. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I get upset that my grandmother never met my wife. Sure. Or like my daughter. Yeah. But I don't get like generally sad that she's not here. And we spent, you know, I was spending a lot of time with her and with my grandfather before they passed. But I don't all that often find myself being like, man, I really miss them. It's more just like things that they missed out on. But yeah, also, again, I, you know, I, I, I don't have I, any I either. Uh, man, I forgot what I was about to just say. Sorry. Did you have some audio you wanted to play? I got a couple things. All right, let's go to that. Um, I do. I As you can see on my notes, though, I do have an apology I want to make to you. Well, I'll, I'll always take that. We can save whatever else you have for tomorrow, but the apology has to go today. I mean, we got a little time left. I mean, no, you can do quick, the audio. It's a quick apology. You can do the audio. Um, just I got. I, I want you to play something. I was reflecting on the podcast that we've done recently, and the one where uh, Jordan came in in the middle, and we were all talking about gay chicken. Yeah, I I really fell hard into one of the number one uh, challenges for any podcaster, and that's when you get too excited about something you have to say, and you get kind of blinders on. And I did not come close to properly reacting to you telling me that there are people out there who their version of gay chicken is to grab each other's dicks and see which one gets hard first. Yeah. Uh, That's the most insane thing I've ever And I went heard. to the replies when that was posted. It was Theo Vaughn on with some podcast. And uh, there were a lot of people that were like, that's what we did. What? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, it, you dude, you're so gay. You, you got hard first. I'm not gay. You can't be I that just, surprised. I just clutched your penis. I mean, the Rangers are whacking each other off in San Juan or wherever uh-huh, they, they were uh-huh. for minor league baseball, dude. I mean, I don't know like how this works now, and I don't know what the peak of it was because I don't imagine that like my dad was doing this. But as bad as we were. I graduated high school in 2003. I remember thinking that the dudes who were older than me were even more homoerotic. Yeah. Now, I I don't, again, right. I don't know like where they were on the peak, but like there's a reason Days didn't confuse. When's that movie supposed to be? 70s. Late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're paddling each other, but they're not like putting their nuts on each other's faces. That was not part of like canon. So you of think like it was that going, experience. See, I I think the farther back you go, the more gay it's going to be. See, man, I, I just don't know, man. You I, think like it peaked in like '92 uh, or something? Well, I think there was a time where people were so afraid and so uptight of the general like concept of like uh, it's kind of funny to fuck with your friend's dick in any way that like that I don't think that was really a thing until I'm gonna bet the 80s late 80s early 90s and like for us for example i think kids in the 50s were fucking with each other's dicks constantly i'd I'd love to know but i do know that like when i talk to people like i think that it was probably separated from being gay well let me put it of course i mean so was ours we weren't like actually thinking of it that way but i'll just tell you that like when i tell stories like this to basically everyone else at the ticket they're Mm -hmm. like that's really weird dude Okay, that's an interesting like, and, data I, and point. It, but, but again, that's also I'm talking to eight to ten other people here. Mm-hmm. They may not have a representative experience, 
but like, hey, we're going to see what we would do. We would do like the, uh, we had a long shower, like a long shower uh, area. There were four poles Mm -hmm. and obviously the front side of it is totally open. There are four poles situated like it's a long Mm -hmm. rectangle. One side of it is open so you can get in. There are four poles. Each pole had either four or six shower heads on it. So you're pretty tight if you're going in there at peak time. And we would soak the entire alleyway up Mm -hmm. because, you know what, now that I'm saying this, it was was either two and two or three and three. Like, so they were in rows. So -hmm. there was like an alleyway in between them. Mm -hmm. And we would just soak that entire alleyway up and then start on one end, get a little bit of a running start, and then just slide on your ass the whole way down. And I mean, you're at dick level with everybody at the showers. And it was not uncommon to like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Slapping them as yeah. they go by. Yeah. What, but a, I, what but, a grand old time. But but definitely not ever like, hey, if you get hard in my hand, you lose. <laughs> but also like, it sounds a little silly for me to be, well, that's despicable. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely, way yeah. over the line. I don't know. And I see, I feel like that stuff is so, somewhat gone away. And then I'll do like a month's worth of 130 news stories about a soccer team in Forney putting a pin in a kid's asshole. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if I've got Seems a good like it's handle not going on, away. on the direction that we're headed there. I'm I'm unsure. Well, if you're our, any of our 16-year-old podcast listeners, weigh in. All right. So uh, let's close with a bang. I've got, uh, got two things I'd briefly like to show you. They are related. <laughs> Um, here's, uh, here's the first one. Just going to get it pulled up and hit play. Make sure that if you are drinking and smoking, make sure that it's out of celebration, not out of frustration. Dan Tony on the wing elations of Americation. That's Americano. <laughs> you see these Dr. Peppers? I still got to get a uh... He's talking about his hair, the color of his, uh, the braids of his hair. And I, I would say that upon reflection, I feel like I'm remiss that I don't. There's something all the time that Riff Raff has posted on his Instagram that just lives in my head. And I don't think I bring it to the show frequently enough. I wish you would. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's so I need, to, I need to get back. This is what it is right now. I did send to the group text the uh, when he's singing Glycerine. <laughs> I did watch that. Then uh, I've seen that uh, more than a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame you. <laughs> it's uh, it's just magical. <laughs> but uh, yeah, here he goes. Yeah, Joe. This is a nice uh, magenta tone. It's a nice passion fruit, pastel metallic strawberry. But listen here, folks. Ain't nobody ever gave me nothing but a hard time. So I'm gonna give y'all something for free. Now, make sure to like <laughs> diagram where this goes. You gotta stick. It. I'm already using that last line. Oh, of course. <laughs> Ain't nobody ever gave me anything but a hard time. Uh, he's got a message here. It goes to a couple different places, but you gotta stick with it. Peace of mind. That's what giving you. That a Dale D'Antoni exists out there after crawling through the cement and blossoming like a blue raspberry rose. That's right. Straight out of the damn concrete. D'Antoni on the wings of America. You know that's right. Okay, yeah. No, I have peace of mind now. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that that can happen. Yeah. yeah that there's a Dale D'Antoni out there. A blue raspberry rose, dude. I love it. Out of the damn concrete. Uh, and so you can see here, he's uh, he's in a Rolls Royce with little uh, stars on the ceiling. A little the, like uh, moonlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The double, and he's he's got a couple videos kind of breaking down the various features of the interior of his Rolls Royce, and then the uh, second bit that I have to play for you is uh, something that was sent to us by treasured listener Darren Pope, where you can immediately see he's in the exact same vehicle. It's he's him. in the Rolls. It's definitely Dale D'Antoni, and here's what he has to say: D'Antoni wins America. How y'all feeling? I know that. So you saw him like this, still like the same thing. Like he's got that wings of America like stuck in his head. Yeah, it, it, I, I, that's the most relatable shit ever. Yeah, it's keeping going. <laughs> I've listened to there's like two Kendrick songs that I'm listening to on rotation in my car at all times for the last week. Yeah, and I hate it because I'm gonna hate those songs. I've always got like there's it just drives like, me crazy. You know, I'm sure everyone has this experience Ugh. to some extent, but I think that it is like a bit of an autistic trait to like have something that like really gets like lodged. 
uh, like the fucking uh, China before communism just lives in my head. The Shen Yun fucking Falun Gong cult uh, dancing thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Shen Yun's like the ballet thing, right? And it's uh, have we never talked about this before? No, I mean if we have, I forgot. They it's used to a front for like a, a cult that was banned from China. Like the China was like, we will not have these people around. Okay, get out of here. They moved to upstate New York, and uh, you know they like their followers donate lots of money, so they have cash, and they do two things with the cash. They fund the Epoch Times, okay, the Trump newspaper, and they just promote the ever-loving shit out of their fucking dance troupe. I don't, I get It's a front for, like, it's it's the, you know, the the inviting front porch of a, a Chinese cult. They were, they, it was so weird, man. They were, it almost worked on us because they were at, I don't remember what theater. Oh, I'm going. I haven't gone yet, Worth, I'm, were, I'm going. I swear to God, dude, like, year round i was seeing like new billboards and, all the time and finally Everywhere. like i went to christmas in I was businesses like, do you know anything about this shit you know what I mean? like i feel like we we should find out about out. Shen yeah. yeah dude they're just they're they're testing out it like it can just like pure advertising work you know like if I'll we put it in enough places because you'll go through like fucking locally owned business my fucking haircut place like she's got, I've been meaning to ask her like, who comes by? Like, is someone offering you money to like put this up in the window? Like, that's really you, weird. You see them up in windows all the time. And it's a, it's a fucking like front of a The cult. travelers need to step their shit up. Exactly. Right. Uh, I'd go watch them do like. But like I, my, my brain is like fully fix it. Like I, I can't stop thinking about. Like the cult that's trying to get to me through ubiquitous like dance troupe advertising, <laughs> and uh, the name of their fucking uh, show is China Before Communism. Okay, and something about like that's that combination of words. Like I feel like when I look at it, like it it, it like glows. <laughs> like uh, there's a Stephen King story about a like a, a place where like the reality gets thin and like the other dimension is shining through. And like I, that's how I feel when I look at the words China Before Communism. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what riffraff is on uh, Dale D'Antoni on the Wings of America. I'll, I'll stop. I'll, I'll back this up and start over. D'Antoni Wings of America. How y'all feeling? I know that's potential. How y'all feeling tonight? How y'all feeling tonight? This mess going from Darren over there to Jake and TC. <laughs> What's All up, right. dude? Yeah. They got a podcast. And uh, it's over there in Dallas. Two, two dudes over there in Dallas. Two dudes in Dallas. Podcast. <laughs> All right. And they uh, got some intros. All right. Yeah. Uh, 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 one of the podcasts. got check out the podcast. It's just banter. All right. There's that one. And uh, Jake the Jasper Junebug and TC the Teal Tone Turtle, Dan Tony on a Tactical Tuesday, Dan Tony, nice, wang. <laughs> there we go. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I think he wanted them to make us an intro, so Riff Raff kind of read the word intro there. Yeah. That's how that, that works. works somehow. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, I have no notes. There's nothing about it that I would like changed. No. I think it's perfect as it is. Yeah, I love it. Well, we should have ended with that. I wanted to play. Have you ever seen the, the video of the pastor talking about punching the kid? <laughs> no. So this is like a six-year-old YouTube video, but I saw somebody use it in a meme this week, and I, I've i watched this uh, a lot. So yeah, this is posted on 24, in 2014. Okay. Somehow this is eight years of memes, six million views, and it escapes me, uh, but I love it. A young man in, in Calvary, uh, his name was Ben. And I was running youth group. I was there for a few years. And um, he was just, he was a nice kid. He was one of those kids that was always just, he's a real smart ass. Who was, was, was a bright kid, which didn't help things, right? Made him more dangerous. I wish he was we still. We were outside one day at youth group. And uh, he was just, just trying to push my butts. And he was just, you know, kind of not taking the Lord serious. Mm. And I walked over to him. <coughs> Bam! I punched him in the chest as hard as I, I crumpled the kid. Huh? I just crumpled him. And I said, I leaned over and I said, Ben, when are you going to stop playing games with God? 
I led that man to the Lord right there. There's times that that might be. <laughs> Is that not the most fucking insane thing you've ever seen? Like, if that had happened, it's like... It's and I see here, it seems like these kids are just regurgitating Bible verses. Well, you're, um, you're obsessed with the Oprah Winfrey show. And it it's all plays. coming together. Yeah. Uh, if that if that happened, and like I believe that it did, that's insane. But it's, I don't know, 10, 20 levels more that he's up there being like, got a lesson for y'all. Yeah. The time I beat the shit out of a kid. That was good. So there's no real proof that it did happen, but there's no real proof that it didn't. Because of course the, it happened. The guy's the, like, why would he lie about it? Yeah, and when the video was posted, uh, he put out an apology. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he basically, uh, yeah, he I didn't guess, say like, oh, know, this is just an anecdote, like I some sort of- uh, Probably shouldn't have hit that kid. Not anecdote, but like this isn't just something like illustrative for a point. He just said, yeah, I punched that kid. I shouldn't have done it. And it got me to thinking, and I know that like- I could come off probably a little too uh, anti this or that at times. So I, I try to temper that. But I remember so often as a kid being in church. And oddly, I remember thinking this more when they would have like the backup pastor mm -hmm. who was like a lot younger and like he wasn't. Our regular pastor was. You a, look kind of rowdy, ready to punch you. The big, The regular pastor was a big man. Yeah, I think you. That's pretty common in like the Baptist world. You got a big old linebackery fucking guy. The other guy, you know, he's working his way up, and it's probably never going to happen because he's like 180 pounds, mm -hmm. 175 pounds. But I thought that sometimes when the big man was up there too, just more whenever they were resting the starters. But I just remember thinking like, okay, I'm looking around this room. My parents are here. They're pretty fucking strong-willed people. I've seen my mom like pop off on literally anyone. Uh, I got. I know like my coach is over there. I've seen that guy lose his shit before. It was just so weird to me, just the concept that a per like just a guy was on stage and like yelling crazy shit. Like when he would get a little bit out of pocket and like really start feeling himself, mm -hmm. and all the adults there would just like sit there. Yeah, you gonna let him talk to you? And way? like, I remember because sometimes it would get like, and I know, you know, that you know you're doing this, like not like saying names, but we all kind of knew, like, oh, he's. I just remember thinking, like, this is just some guy. Yeah, like this is just like this is just some guy, and I remember at like 12, 13 year old be, uh, years old being like, is anybody gonna stand up and tell this dude to just shut the fuck up? Like he can't hurt you. Like they're not armed. It's not the military. Like that's why people in the military, like there is some possibility that you could be. You could face physical retribution. Maybe not so much in America, but in most countries. Mm -hmm. But like at church, I remember thinking it was always so odd whenever they would be saying shit that like I definitely knew my parents didn't agree with. And the then entire they, relationship they would just is be super like, fucking weird. Yeah, afterward they'd be like, yeah, we didn't really, you know, that, that part we weren't so into. I'm like, let's fucking stand up and say it. Yeah. Like why is it someone in that crowd not being like, hey, no, <laughs> I can't, you can't. Punch a seventh grader. And like even this week, like have you seen the video from Indiana? <laughs> from what? So this is completely separate from the Southern Baptist uh, papers that have been okay. released. Okay, yeah, yeah. Some past no comment there. What, from me? No, I don't have anything to say. Oh, okay, I see. Back on top. Back that's, on top. That's your words. Somebody's, somebody's doing a little both sides-ism. Just interesting to me. <laughs> I forgot that that would immediately be your angle. But like some guy in Indiana like got up and admitted he's the pastor of the church. We could probably watch that video. I don't even know if it's- Was uh, he on Oprah? No, he wasn't on Oprah. This is, this one's actually like really fucked up because it's not just a kid. Oh. Just search like Indiana pastor and see what we can find. <laughs> okay. I think this just came out yesterday. Indiana pastor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, oh, it's too one? long. Yeah. Yeah, it's 11 minutes. What do we got? Anything down lower that's like a quickie? New York Post. Nah. Well, yeah. So he he uh, admits that he had like a years-long affair with a girl who was 16 and then 17 at the time. Jesus Christ. And he's like, yeah, you know, I sinned. And the crazy thing is, is that, and I guess this is kind of one of the tricky things about like trying to be too judgmental of the Christian faith is that, I mean, if it is built on forgiveness, then their reaction is actually one that 
would make uh, sense. But like, I mean, forgiveness needs to be a little bit of a journey. I, not not when I'm first learning about this. Am I ready? You know, immediately. Let's go through some time. Immediately in the video that I saw, people are like huddled around him with hands on and praying him, and then the woman gets up there. Mm-hmm. She's in the crowd. She's in the crowd. She's 27 years old at the time. Jesus Christ. And uh, she said, I lived in a prison of lies and shame. I was just 16 when you took my virginity on your office floor. Holy shit. You are not the victim here. Yeah, I agree with that. Although I, I do think that we are all the victim all the time. When that's okay and we should embrace it and move past it. She said, this church has, has been built on lies, but no more. The lies need to stop. She has a right to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like. It doesn't sound like I'm ready to fully embrace every step of this entire process. You know, it seems like the people were a little too quick to try and help him through it too fast. But I'll watch this 11 minute video later. This sounds like a, a rip roaring ride. But I I do think that there should be. I mean, you know, this was what I was driving at in the Rich Dalrymple thing. Uh, try out going to but like admitting you know the ways in which you are wrong and the things you have done and like hiding it and keeping it a secret and like that's bad it's bad for you it's really bad for you it's creating a separation between you and everyone else around you and like you're just gonna live in fucking loneliness and despair and fucking it's like as bad as coming out and like, you know, the fact that we now know that this guy exists, that he was fucking grooming 16-year-old, uh, that's not good for him. But it's better than walking around with knowing that, like, yeah, the, the situation of never doing it, that's already passed, you know? Like, the only thing left on the table are bad options. Yeah. And I think that we should really try to explore the least bad one more often, which in my mind is, you know, coming clean. But... He, I see. I don't know the details here. You may be able to tell me after you. You may have a full hour on this next week. It kind of seemed to me like he only came clean because she was telling him you got you have to because I'm about to start saying some shit. Probably. Tell yeah. me. <laughs> I, I doubt that. It, it, it seems like to me like very very fucking seldom does anyone take the path that I was just describing. Yeah, and I may be being too harsh on <clears throat> the fellow members of the congregation because my order of events may be off here. They may not have known. What exactly he did when they were like huddled around? He might have because listen yeah. to this. Church me- members, this is after she speaks. Mm-hmm. Church members immediately asked Lowe to come back to the microphone to answer the accusations. He reiterated, "I told you I committed adultery." Did you do it? Little, a man asked. Little more than that. Yes, Lowe said. You didn't tell them she was fourteen years old. A woman yelled. Jesus Christ. Lowe responded by clarifying that the woman. Was 16 at the time. Mm, that's not the defense you want. In fact, I would say just don't even feel the team. <laughs> Quit the sport. Yeah, don't. No defense, <laughs> no offense. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, you uh, you forfeited. Yeah, it's a wild story. That's all I got. a wild story. That's all I got. Well, Keep your head up out there, folks. On the wings of America. Times are tough. We love you. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.